Hey everybody, welcome to the weekday chat. Today we are going to dive into the topic of faith. You know, on Sunday mornings um, we preach, we worship, but this is a time to specifically dive into the details and talk about practical application. So that's what we're going to do today. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you in your journey with Christ. Today's podcast comes from our midweek social media broadcast called Weekday Chat. You can tune in live with us on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Enjoy today's podcast. So, Luke preached on Sunday, another great sermon. He talked about the healing of the royal official's son in John 4, and he had a couple main thoughts in his sermon. It was all about faith. One of the things he said is, when Jesus looks into your heart, he wants to find faith. And another thing he said is, it's not the size of your faith that matters, it's the object of your faith. And obviously that needs to be Jesus. So, you know, faith is one of those kind of confusing topics. It's a very Christian word. I don't Mm -hmm. know if outside of Christian circles, it's a super common word, you know, that anybody's just going to throw out in Mm -hmm. conversation. And, you know, my guess is, you know, if you talk to 10 different Christians, even 10 different pastors, you're probably going to get 10 different definitions of what faith is. Mm -hmm. So, Luke, since you're a real theologian, <laughs> how would you say the Bible defines faith? What is this thing? Yeah, that's a great question. And you're right that we all flesh this thing out differently. We've heard a lot of people talk even over the last 12 months about living by faith over fear and that as they say those things, then they go and they live in radically different ways. People who say that, so we're all striving to live by faith. But mm-hmm. I think at the core of it, uh, we go back to Hebrews chapter 11 is one of the great descriptions of faith in the Bible. We talked about that a little bit this week. And in verse one, it says that faith is the assurance of what we hope for and and certain being certain of what we do not see. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's this belief um, in something that is not like red readily visible and and available to us there. And something else that I think that we we um I think oftentimes in Christian circles we've talked about faith just in terms of believing, mm-hmm. like saying I believe this mental fact is true, saying uh for example, yes, I believe I think it's true that Jesus died and that he rose again. And that is a huge part of faith. But the Bible, uh, especially in the Gospel of John, where he talks about this word believe over and over and over and over again, um, it's never just mere mental assent that some facts are true. Faith is always tied in with action. Mm. Um, James says that faith without works is dead. And so... Um, And, for example, in our story from John chapter 4, this guy, uh, the evidence of his faith was that he turned around and walked home when Jesus told him to, even though he didn't know that if what he hoped for was going to happen or not. So so our faith has to be tied in with this, like, nitty-gritty, shoe-leather, like, real kind of life trust mm. uh, more than just, yeah, I think that's true. You know, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah absolutely. What, what would you add to that or take away? Yeah, you know, since you mentioned Hebrews 11, obviously that's like the faith chapter. You know, mm-hmm. if you want to know something about faith, read that. I like to think about Abraham, who obviously is mentioned in that chapter as a definition of faith. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to kind of explain a little bit more about his life and why I think of him you know, Abraham is kind of at the beginning of the biblical story. Mm-hmm. You got creation, you got the fall, the Tower of Babel, you know, all the so-and-so was the father of so-and-so. You know, you got all that stuff. And then in Genesis chapter 12, you've got Abraham. Mm-hmm. So hardly anything has happened in the Bible. And then we see Abraham. Yeah, yeah. God appears to him, 
tells him, hey, leave your family, your people, and go to the land that I'm going to tell you to go to. And he says, I'm going to bless you if you do this. Well, I mean, think about Abraham's faith. You know, we've got the Bible. We've got the church. You know, we know that Jesus resurrected from the dead. We've got all of church history to, like, look and see how faithful God has been. Mm -hmm. Abraham had nothing. Yeah. I mean— you know, I'm sure he would have known who God was from his ancestors, but as far as like, he, he really didn't have much to go on. You yeah. know, God just came to him and said, "Hey, this is something I wanted you to do," and he was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that." Yeah, and and left everything behind because of that. So I think that's a really a great example of faith. Yeah, it is. Um, and and you know, we got people on both ends of the spectrum. We have some people who like to live lives who are so like planned from A to B to C that they have a they have a backup plan for any contingency mm-hmm. and their life fits neatly into this outline. That's the spectrum end of the spectrum I fall on. Mm-hmm. And so an act of faith for me is to like break out of that mold and live by trust. And then we have some people on the other end of the spectrum who live these lives that are honestly like kind of carefree and kind mm-hmm. of careless and a little <laughs> bit haphazard, you know, sure. and and for them an act of faith could be like buckling down and bringing some discipline into your life. And that's so faith can be abused on either end of that spectrum. Yes. Uh, faith can be faith is not an excuse to live a careless life. Mm-hmm. For example, I've heard a lot of preachers say, well, I just get up in the pulpit on Sunday morning and I let the spirit move, you know, and it's like, whoa, OK, that's not what you do. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I want to let the Holy Spirit move in Sunday mornings, you know, but um, and, and, and certainly God blesses that at times. I'm not going to constrict God into my box, but I also believe that God and the Holy Spirit moved just as well on Tuesday morning as I'm studying in my office about what I'm going to preach yeah, yeah. as he does on Sunday morning. So faith is not an excuse for me to be careless with the process of writing sermons. I want to come well prepared, having studied and soaked in God's word mm-hmm. so that I'm giving the Holy Spirit more material in my heart to work with. You know, yeah. And in the same way, we, we could apply that to your calendar, to your budget, all those kinds of things, that faith should not be an excuse to just live this careless, haphazard life. Mm-hmm. But on the other end of the spectrum, we can often be so safe and so structured that if I got up into the pulpit and I said, there's no way I'm deviating from my manuscript, that wouldn't be living by faith. And in the same way, if you're not willing to break out of your budget, break out of your routine, break out of your calendar, then you might need to to, to live by faith. Riley, what what do you think about that? How how do we know which end of the spectrum we're on, when we need to break out of our mold? Give give us some tips there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that a basic personality test could tell anybody what (laughs) into the spectrum they're naturally on. Yeah. I think, you know, the the culture that you grow up in is obviously a huge part of that too. You know, like in our culture, we tend to be more planners. Um, but in, in a lot of other cultures around the world, they don't plan in the same way that we do. So I think, you know, your culture and your personality is really the greatest indicator of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as the two sides of the spectrum, I I think what you said is really, really good. You know, the Lord is challenging people on both sides to come more towards the center. Mm-hmm. If you're not a natural planner, I think it's really, really important. You know, you can say, well, you know, we have faith that it's going to work out. And that's great. But it's important to remember that God was literally the greatest planner in history. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, that dude created the world. Everything got messed up. And, you know, no matter how long ago you believe that happened— when that happened, he said, yeah, I'm going to send somebody and he's going to make it better. Yeah, he's got of order. And that happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ came to this earth. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God for, you know, thousands of years planned to send this person, Jesus, this person and God, Jesus, to, mm-hmm. to make everything better. So, you know, he, God is certainly a planner. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that it's it's okay for us to be planners. I think yeah. for those of us who are naturally planners, though, you know, we need to be thinking through how can I how can I take a greater risk? Yeah. You know, I have uh, a good friend who told me that he tries to raise the amount he gives to the church and other kingdom causes by one percent every year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I mean, that's that's challenging, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, because one percent over 10 years, that's that's a big chunk. A yeah. lot of money. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, even I think just taking risks and the type of people we hang out with, you know, I, I think. You know, for, for example, you know, we might have compassion for the homeless, for, you know, the impoverished, for immigrants. Um, well, if we've got that compassion, we need to take the risk and get to know some of those people. Yeah, for sure. Um, even though, you know, that's kind of outside of our our normal sphere of influence. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you add anything? one of the questions that's convicting for me as I'm thinking through whether or not Rebecca and I are living by faith is well, when's the last time God has scared you? Mm. Um, because if God hasn't scared you lately, uh, the God that you think you're serving and believing in might not be a living God. It might be an idol, you know, um, that that a living God will always contradict you and he will always scare you. And in order for you to truly live by faith, he's going to ask you to do something uncomfortable. Um, so when's the last time you were scared as you mapped out your budget for the year and you chose to give a little more than you were comfortable with? Man, that's living by faith that God will provide. When's the last time you entered into a conversation with somebody that, that you were scared of, but you did it anyway out of faith and obedience? So, yeah, when, when's the last time that, that God scared you? And I think also, um, a, a good reflection is um, if if a, if a total unbeliever was to come and look at your life, would the way you are living make sense to them? Hmm. And if so, then that might be an indication that you're not living by enough faith yet. I'm not saying it is, but it might be because I want to live by such a radical faith that somebody looks at my life and they says, well, that doesn't make sense, you know, mm-hmm. um, by, by how we spend our time, by how we give, by the way we raise our kids, those kinds of things. I want it to not make sense to them if the power of the Holy Spirit was not involved. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense yes, or not. No, yeah. no, I think that does make sense. And I think that question, you know, what, what scares you mm-hmm. is, you know, when is the last time God has scared you is a very, very good question to ask. So, you know, one of the things we kind of mentioned earlier is that, you know, faith isn't really something that's talked about in the wider world outside mm-hmm. of Christian circles. And, you know, I, I think for for people that aren't Christians, there's either kind of this, you know, you do you mentality. Oh, you know, this is my truth. That's your truth. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, we almost have, you know, this feeling that like, like faith of any kind, religion is any of any kind is for, you know, ignorant, uneducated people. The opiate Um, of the masses. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Good Karl Marx quote. Yeah. (laughs) Um, First time Karl Marx has been quoted in this church, probably. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess my question for you is how do we connect with people in our world that are on those opposite ends of the spectrum? You know, how could we explain faith to them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I, I hope some of you are uh, people of faith and maybe people of different faiths and maybe people of uh, you don't believe in God. Wherever you are on that spectrum today, I want you to know that I believe that Christianity is a solid intellectual foundation for life. And I'd even take it one step further that, I mean, I've done the hard work in exploring and been through my seasons of doubt. I believe Christianity is the only solid intellectual foundation for life. However, there came a point in my personal journey when I had to choose to believe that my intellect would only take me so far. And I believe that for every worldview, there is that 
puke point, that crisis point where you have to decide whether or not you're going to have faith. And regardless of what worldview you hold today, you have faith in something, whether it's faith that there is no God or faith that all roads do lead to the same place and we're all going to end up there together, or faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for you and rose again and is reigning as King today. You do have faith in something. There is something in your life that you cannot prove, but that you choose to believe anyway. Um, so I would just encourage you to, to spend some time looking at your life, like what what is it that you are putting your faith in? Because it is in something. And for me personally... Um, a very important first step on that road of faith in Jesus was Pascal's wager. Blaise Pascal was this Christian kind of mathematician, apologist guy, and he said, um, if I believe in God and I get to the end of my life and I find out that I'm wrong, I lost nothing. Mm. If you don't believe in God and you get to the end of the life and find out – get to the end of your life and find out that you're wrong, you've lost everything. And that was that, – that wasn't the – the, the end of my journey, but that was a good starting point of my journey, saying, okay, well, if I'm going to flip the coin and land on one, I'd rather land on the one that ends well and has less mm-hmm. risk, to be honest, yeah. you know? And then eventually my journey continued to put my soul faith in Jesus Christ. But I just encourage you, um, spend some time thinking through that analogy and, and analyzing what you have faith mm-hmm. in. What would you say, Riley? No, no, I think that's really good. And, you know, part of this is, you know, let's just take that um, that example you know, if if you live your whole life believing in God, working for God, you know, by the world's standards, you're going to be considered a pretty good person. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you sacrifice for people, you, you know, do good things. I mean, that's the life I want to live, mm-hmm. you know, and I absolutely believe that God is real yeah. and that Jesus rose from the dead. And, you know, that's why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. But, you know, the other option is just working for yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, those accomplishments aren't going to last that long. Yeah. So I definitely think that this makes a lot more sense. Um, and I think what you said about, you know, choosing to believe, you know, we live in a world where we have so much information, but at the end of the day, there are some things that just don't make sense. Yeah. And I think choosing to believe in something, everybody has to do that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. So wherever you are today, uh, wherever on that spectrum you may find yourself, uh, we'll close by just giving you the same challenge we gave you on Sunday in case you forgot. I'd encourage you to do one thing this week that requires faith, one thing that requires faith. And I think God will push you and he will grow you and he stretch you like he has for us. Hey, we love you all. We'll see you this weekend. Thank you for listening today. It's our desire to help you grow as you partner with us in our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you have any questions about our church, would like to attend an online service, or plan an in-person visit with us, go to plainfieldchristian.com. If you'd like to receive our podcast directly to your device, we encourage you to subscribe on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.